Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch your podcasts, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. A little side note here for you musicians and artists out there. If you like the beats you hear on the show and need some inspiration or would like to get a hold of one of these beats, make sure to hit up our good friend Ace Ha at Ace Ha Beats on YouTube and at Ace Ha Beats on SoundCloud. Raised on the Radio has a brand new promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the crazy labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whatever you're looking for to satisfy your health and wellness needs, they have you covered. They even have a whole section of their site that is dedicated to vegan, paleo, keto, and dairy-free products. Just go to the newly revamped truenutrition.com. Look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in ROTR in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You won't regret it and you'll never have to question the quality of your supplements again. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out their email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato. Patrick Blair is not in Zoom land today. He is out doing family vacationing type stuff. So I decided to bring some uh, good friends of mine on. I've been friends with you guys for a long time. Like, Sam, it's been like sixth grade, I think. Yeah, I moved in in sixth grade, man. Yeah, and uh, Brian, not quite as long, but still, still, uh, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> a good eight, eight, ten, twelve years, something like that. So it's it's definitely been a while yeah so sam lubers bryant wolfen i'm glad to have you guys on the show i'm bryant me and you podcasted before sam have you ever podcasted before or is this your first time um first time man okay okay (laughs) (laughs) wanted to say popping the cherry but you know i don't know how far to take it (laughs) well the good news is is it's us so it's like it's just like we're just bullshitting anyways so yeah i don't you know we're just gonna actually talk about topics that might mean something to somebody possibly Normally, that's not how our topics go. With, with us, I would. I don't think the customer, or the the people listening, should get their hopes up. Right. All right. Well, Brian, let me ask you this: You have your BMW convenience shirt on, so we all know that you are a business owner. If somebody was applying for a job with you and they came to you and said, or I'll put on their application, I have time blindness. What would you say? Would you immediately say, "Over this, this interview is over"? 
Well, I would say they would probably fit right in with the rest of the group. No, I'm just kidding, especially for any of my staff that might be listening. No, um, you know, the thing is, obviously, for, for this episode, I had to, when you brought that up, I'm like, what the heck is time blindness and had to look into it. And I think that's just, um, first of all, wanna, if they come to me. You want to drop the what it is for anybody who? Yeah, I can. Hasn't um, hit Google. Yeah, that'd be a good good idea, probably. I'm gonna pull the, so the exact definition of time blindness, because obviously I didn't know what it was, and Sam didn't know what it was, uh, is people who are chronically late for work can be documented and read. People who consistently show up late for meetings begin to get stereotyped. People who do not hand in their reports on time or no longer trusted or thought reliable. Look, I mean. I don't know why people like that would have jobs. And and I think that's probably just something in today's society that's just another another victim card or another excuse for the softness of our, our, our society today of trying to get out of, of just being lazy. Um, yeah, could you imagine 20 and, and years so ago somebody saying that? Oh, they would be thrown out. And, yeah. and chances but, are, if, you, if they put it on their application that uh, they had a chronic case of timelineness, I'm probably just going to accidentally lose that application. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys are friends with me. Sorry about that, by the way. Uh, and I'm late to a lot of stuff. Like, half the things that I do, I'm probably late to. The fact that I could, like, label it and, like, throw it out there. Ah, sorry, guys, it's my condition. Is you know, <laughs> My condition. <laughs> that seems to be the way most things are today. But, yeah, I would just admit to you guys, like, I'll own it. I'm late to a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I can just see now, like, we're, we're at, you know, one of the concerts or a show or a birthday party or whatever. And, and Becky's like, man, did we invite Sam? And we just respond, yeah, remember he's got time blindness. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just have to accept me for who I am. But – my thing is that it takes 20 minutes to get somewhere. I'm like, okay, I got to leave right at 20 minutes before that. But then I'm like, oh, I didn't do anything to get ready. I didn't get in the car yet. I didn't like do anything. <laughs> so I actually start, you know, 15 minutes after I was supposed to start. But now I can just be labeled, you know? Well, I mean, everything has a label nowadays, which is is just pretty silly over one thing or another. Like I said, typically there there's some sort of label because of uh, you know victimhood side of things. Like, oh, it's never my fault, so no one ever wants to take blame for their own stupidity or for their own lack of of you know caring or trying. Well, I'll take the blame. And nail me, <laughs> me too. So I would say in this case, you don't have time blindness because you you know you're late. I'm not blind to it. You're not blind to it, exactly. Yeah, I can see how shitty I actually am. Yeah, good quality. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. I, I just I can't believe that's a thing. It, it's crazy, and I, I would imagine most of your uh, your your audience out here is going to be like, "What in the world is time blindness?" Obviously, we just explained it, and I think they're going to be doing a little bit more research. And now I'm going to have to watch some YouTube videos on this time blindness after we get done with the show. Oh, you think there's YouTube videos about this? What do you What do you think is out there? Oh, let's look. Yeah, let's look something up. Let's see. Then there are people, man. Yeah, like, there's a YouTube video. I'm, I'm, about I'm gonna look it up. You, you guys talk. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> no, I'm excited for this. I I didn't even think about. Like, I think there's TikTok videos out there of people explaining it, but I don't know if there's like YouTube videos of it or not. I mean, same same as we're doing. If CNN or somebody gets a hold of this as an idea, they're gonna run a segment on it. You know. Or, uh, true. Good morning, America, or who, when they need something to stir up a, a random Wednesday morning, you know? Uh -huh. like, Man, they they're really uh, pulling for straws if they're doing if they're reaching for time blindness. 
when you have 24 hour news channels that have to be yeah. interesting yeah. all the time, yeah. there's not enough things to talk about. <laughs> you have to. Can can we uh, can we screen share this audio here uh, yeah, that I ahead. found of a short that is probably where this uh, has stemmed. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and screen share you guys. I'm a sound share. Okay. And we're throwing on here. Obviously, the audience is only going to be able to hear the sound. So let me know if you're going to be able to hear the sound. All right. But this is I think this is probably where this stemmed from. And ben so Shapiro. I just got yelled at for asking a very reasonable question. So I'm applying to go somewhere and I just wanted to know, are there accommodations for people who struggle with time blindness and being on time? You know, and then the person I was with interrupted and acted like I was asking something else. And then when we were done, they actually started yelling at me and saying that accommodations for time blindness doesn't exist. And if you struggle with being on time, you'll never be able to get a job. Based. You know. <laughs> and they're like, your stupid generation wants to destroy the workplace. And yeah, I think that a culture where workers are just cut off because they struggle with being on time when there's other solutions that we can look to. I think that just anybody who thinks it's okay to just treat people like that. Yeah. That culture needs to be dismantled. And then to think, I'm entitled. No, if people think it's okay to treat others like this, I, that's entitlement. Oh, I didn't even realize this is Ben Shapiro. Yeah, that's uh, what I was saying. Short, uh, my fault. I mean, yeah. So my, my, my thought on this is like, if you think you have time blindness, you feel like your time is more important than anyone else's. Like this isn't a condition. You, you really feel like your time is more important than anyone else's. Now I'm not saying that for Sam. Like he just is going to be late. It's just a thing. <laughs> right. But like, well, it, it, if you're really trying to blame it package. on something. It's the complete package of a person. Like if you have an employee that doesn't show up, that's worse than an employee that's just late. Like if you have an employee that, like, messes around on their phone all day. That's probably worse than an employee that's late. You know, like, it, it, me as a friend. Hopefully, when I actually get there late, it's quality when we hang out. You know, <laughs> like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be, like, some give and take. So if okay. if people are just chronically late, like, I know, I know we're putting a word on it and like a, a label on it or or, or whatever, but. If you have an employee that's late sometimes, you just kind of, if they're good in every other way, you just build that into how you think about using them, you know? Yeah. Which I mean is okay if you have like a small business maybe, but in the, if you have like a, a factory of people and you have one person that they could be like the best worker you have when they're actually there, but if they miss mm -hmm. all the time or they're late, like what do you, you can't, you know, you, you have to set a precedent and... Yeah, I mean, with us being a small business, anything. sorry, Colton, no, you're good. jump in on you. So with us being a small business, we, we have a lot of, I guess, back and forth that we can work with. Like, obviously, if, if someone who's never late shows up late once, then it's like, all right, we turn we turn the cheek. It's not a big deal. Uh, but if someone who is late 15 to 30 minutes every single shift, they're going to get written up. Now, us, you know, I try to abide by our, by our rules package as much as I can, but, you know, we we don't abide by it in regards to like, I let things slide more than like, I, I am being a dictator towards our handbook. Like it's, it's basically like, Hey, you know, you've missed like three times. Look, it's time to write you up. Here's what our handbook says. I've already let it slide two or three times. And so with us being a smaller business, we're allowed, you know, we can do that. Uh, but then at the same time, like, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of, I guess, priority tar towards our, like our better employees that are showing up on time every day that are working their butt off 
But once again, kind of like what you said, if the person is is late all the time, they can be the best employee in the world. And I'm, I'm probably still going to let them go because they're, yeah, they're, they may be the best employee for the seven hours, but hey, they were scheduled for nine. Right. So we're missing them for two. <laughs> I would, I would take a 75% employee for nine hours than I would a 110% employee for seven. Yeah. This is going to be a, sorry, this might be a really dumb question, but I've never thought about it for like a small business owner. Like, are you HR? Like you're your own HR and you actually have to, you have to, so you say you have a pile, like a handbook. Is that like a requirement for you to have, or do you just, you just chose to do that? No. So here in Missouri, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're technically a fire at will state. So, you yeah. know, it, we don't have to have a handbook. If someone comes into my office one day and I don't like what they had to say or I don't like what they look like, technically I could fire them. They probably might have a, uh, a claim for unemployment and they might have a claim for some sort of discrimination. But, you know, that that's beside the point. But I think in regards, we just do it to be professional. You know, when we uh, started this business, yeah. I've always wanted to be on the professional side of things from the get-go. And um, I had good, good, I guess, training leading up to. So I will admit I, I may have stolen some ideas and, and and some wordage from some other handbooks that you can find online. To be real honest, I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, but if we uh, if AI was around, shoot, I could have just had AI write the freaking thing for me. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, I've, I've spent hours over the years, I've spent many, many, many hours. Uh, the base of our, our handbook was, was I'm, I'm going to say stolen because I, I didn't come up with all of it. But I mean, really, it's just a foundation and it was kind of a generic handbook that I took and then just kind of built our handbook around that to what we felt was necessary for how we wanted to run our business. And that's kind of what we go by. All of our employees get it. You know, I do the hiring and firing. Now we do have managed, we do allow our managers to write up. So, you know, after like the second write up, then I'm supposed to have a meeting with that employee and, and let them know like, hey, if you get a, another one, then we're going to have to let you go and have those awkward, awkward conversations. That way our managers don't have to deal with that uh, right now because we only have two stores. So I can still do that. The hardest part of it is probably hiring when we get into binds. It's tough for me that has all my other duties that I have going on too, along with traveling from store to store to be able to keep up with hiring and making all these phone calls and trying to set up interview times and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm HR, man. You see it. Jack of all trades. Nice. Not good at ever, any of them though. <laughs> so the time blindness thing, I was thinking about, uh, use me as an example, right? Late to a lot of stuff. You could also find a career where that's not as big a deal though. So uh, if you have the skill set, I guess, but right, I'm in IT now. So I do nerdy stuff they're more flexible on hours where I'm at. So I, it's not like I have to be there at eight every day and leave at five every day or, or be there at nine and leave at five or, or they don't really have a set schedule. They have meetings during the day that you need to go to. But other than that, like it's the work. If you get the work done, they don't really care. You know, like if someone reaches out and needs you respond within a reasonable time, but I could work at five in the morning. I could work at nine at night. It doesn't matter as long as like the work is done and I can see more as more and more jobs go to like office jobs, them being more like that, where there's the flexibility of you have a certain amount of work to do, get it done. But really your time is more yours. There's a lot of data entry positions that I think, I mean, we have a friend who's like that, you know, she has two kids that she has to take care of. And, and so she can clock in and out 
and and as as needed and as long as the work is getting done then that's basically the the point of the job and and so i think in today's society you know you could probably get away with time blindness but you have you have to also realize that like yeah if you're applying at a convenience store or a factory or something along those lines you're not going to get away with that (laughs) so you have to realize what you're applying for and if you think you have this time blindness if this ends up becoming some sort of real thing then you need to realize what you can realistically get away what job you can get away with that at yeah well i mean things are just getting weird now i don't say weird i guess you could call it progression like the people are being able to so many people are being able to work from home now and i mean if you think it from a business standpoint especially like these massive companies it saves so much money to just let people work from home when they could have been working from home forever and you can do it's so weird go ahead there's a lot of the companies that are trying to get all their people back in like they're making it mandatory for yeah. people to come back well, to the office. Well, well, you have to think, look, and I don't mean to butt in, Sam, but productivity is a big deal. So if you're at home and something that you could get done in the office in four hours is taking you eight to 12 hours, it could it, that could be why some of these employers are trying to get. So I'll be real honest. So I do some of my work from home. I can promise you I'm a lot more distracted at home than I am if I do my work from my even any one of my stores. Even though right. I'm, I'm secluded in my office at wherever I'm at, there's just something about being home, whether the kids are home or or there's just it's more relaxing at home that I'm just not as productive. And I don't know if that's the exact reason, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. Sure. I mean, a lot. Uh, I speak from the IT world because it's what I'm in. Um, you get assigned a certain amount of work. Hey, we need to add a button on the screen. I'm going to make something easy. You know, like we need to add this button. How long does that usually take? Oh, it takes somebody, I don't know, four hours a day, two days, depends on what all is involved. If they assign that to you and you're, you know, working from home and it takes you, you know, 16 hours total, but the timeline was, you know, two days, like, you got it done. If it takes you 18 hours over those two days, but it was two days, you got it done. If it takes you four hours and you turn it in, but they assign two days to that task, you got it done. Like, really, I don't think the product the productivity is not up or down at the company level. It may be at your level. Like at home, yeah, sometimes I may have like the television on in the background, so it takes longer. Or my actual productivity may go down some, but what I'm producing for the company is the same as it would be in the office. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may have to set those expectations. Uh, so as long as there's expectations set, uh, then yeah, you're right. I mean, it's probably an easy way around what I what I you know had said. So no, I totally yeah. agree. It- I'll tell you this, the cynical reason that I kind of think all the return to office is happening. Like there's big corporate companies. They've signed these big leases for these mm. big fancy buildings and like no one's in them. Yeah. And there's all these middle managers who, you know, if they don't, if they're not in the office, like going to meetings and seeing people and shaking hands and all that stuff, like, are, are they, they really, <laughs> do we really need them? Right. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. it, it kind of gets scary and they're like, well, we spent all this money and we have all these people and now it kind of seems like we don't need them, but nobody wants to say we don't. So we don't need the building. I we mean, don't I, need all that. I think there's something to say for like the team building aspect kind of too. Like there's just, it's not 
like th- having meetings through Zoom just isn't the same as like everybody being in a conference room together in you know yeah. in, in person. I know it's it's weird because it's technically the same thing, but there's something different about it. Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree. And so, for instance, uh, our company plans over months at a time. So you have a plan of what you're going to complete over a two month period or a one month period, depends on what you're biting off. And during those big like planning sessions, they'll bring everybody in and everybody will be in a room and we'll, you know, do a big whiteboard and put sticky notes up and stuff. And like, you'll decide together when, when everybody's focused and in the zone, you know, like what your plan is. But then as far as executing, you can execute from home (laughs) unless, unless something comes up and you need to bring everybody in and pivot or, or change something. But to me, that planning is important in person. And that also gives you the monthly, like see everybody on the team, talk about your families or whatever, you know, catch up, but then actual execution, you can just knock it out. And not, not all jobs are like that. Like Bryant, your positions totally aren't like that. There's several jobs out there that aren't like that, but a lot of the office jobs are starting to be like that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like I said, any data entry, there's I don't see a whole lot of reason why you need to go into an office. And I mean, even a lot of my job, I, I, I try to be as hands on as I can. But to be real honest, someone could do my job uh, from home fully, you know, running our businesses. Now, of course, I'm anal about everything. So getting into the stores and making sure that our stores are running good. And, uh, you know, as much as I trust our managers, I really don't at the same time. So, um, that's why, you know, I like to be in store and handle those things, but you know, like I can write checks from here. I could, uh, I do all of our paperwork. I can do all of our paperwork from here. I can look at sales from here. Do I can you, change do, prices from here. Do you I have, can, uh, do you have cameras in your stores? Like, can you see I, inside your stores from home? Yeah, so at, at one of them, anyways, um, our our St. Mary location, unfortunately, I, I don't have that capability yet, but I will in the future. But yeah, I, I can see cameras. I actually used to have them pulled up here. It, it's a little bit finicky, like it's not perfect, but yeah. I mean, I also have it on my phone, so if I need to look at cameras, I pull it up on my phone. So yeah, I mean, in today's society, it's great. I mean, it, it's being able to do that is nice, but there at the same time, you have to make sure that I'm going in and very similar to what you talked about for team building, because you know, I need to go in and meet new employees. I need to go in and, and yeah. do all, you know, making sure everybody's doing well and, and saying hi to them. And, and that keeps our employees happy you know, in regards to morale. And, and uh, if I wasn't going in, there's probably the sense of like, Oh man, you know, Bryant's not doing nothing while we're here doing all the hard work and stuff, even though obviously that's not true, but no one sees what I do here. So, and there, trust me that, oh, that already happens. You know, there's already people that complain that it, uh, but that's just (laughs) the nature of the beast. You know, no one, no one thinks the person above them is, is doing their job properly. So it's, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 I could definitely see, you know, where we continue to go towards that with all these different apps and COVID. I think COVID just sped it up essentially because I, we we're obviously heading in that direction, but yep. COVID, COVID sped everything up. Yeah, we would. I don't think we would be anywhere near where we are now if COVID hadn't happened. I agree. Yeah. Still, I mean- it, Yeah, still, it would be a slow burn without it. Yeah. I'd so, never even heard of Zoom until COVID. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't, no. I had no clue what Zoom I was. I mean, jobs like call centers, jobs like- uh, 
even sales. So you could have a couple days where you have access to the office and you can have meetings or you can still travel or, you know, you, you could still be in touch with the people you're selling to in person, but you can make calls from your house. You can fill out, you know, order forms, spreadsheets, like all that from your house. Like there could, you could give up a lot of commercial real estate and allow people to work from something that they're not paying for or, or that you're not paying for that right. they're paying for. Right. And it would honestly save companies a lot of money. As long as you had the management that could push still productive work. Right. Like Brian set those said. expectations. Yeah. You have to yeah. set the expectation of what needs yeah. to be done. So you do have to get stricter with that. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. we have vendor reps that are working from their house. Uh, it was funny the other day I was, I was on a call with an alcohol rep and uh, I 100% could hear Bluey in the background, 100%. <laughs> like, trust me, I know Bluey. It was Bluey. So it was it was just kind of funny. Like I said, if you already got this much done when you're in the office, get that much done with, when you're at home, and we got nothing to discuss at right. that point. Like, right. to me, if it's like I said earlier for the overall package of an employee. Like, if, if someone's late sometimes, but they just kick ass at what they do. I've worked with people who are some of the best coders I've ever seen. Like uh, unbelievable. They can be more productive themselves than like three other people on my team, but they're kind of an irritable asshole, you know, like they're kind of <laughs> tough to be around. Yeah. So being on that team, I kind of view it as part of my role is to like filter information to them or, you know, kind of, they have that one weakness. And if I can help smooth that over, then their strengths kick ass. Like they're, just filtering out that weakness and using their strength is better than having three other people on the team. Right. <laughs> so like having the added adaptability, I, I view it as like that whole package. And if you're super productive and you want to be at home and you're more productive than my other employees who I have to drag to the office cause they're lazy, like do it, you know, right. just keep knocking it out for us. So basically, in conclusion, IT can handle time blindness. Convenience stores cannot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And those are the only two jobs out there. So the I think we covered two. it. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, well, there's quick trips and Casey's on every corner. So, you know, yeah. and then obviously we have IT as well that we have to deal with. But yeah, anyways, go ahead, Colt. Well, I was going to say like the AI thing, that was a topic we kind of wanted to bring up on several different areas. But uh, Sam, with you being in the coding world, what does... Like, does AI have any chance of taking jobs in the coding world? Like, is there a way for that to happen? Kind of. It's in its infancy right now, right? Like, it hit, well, it, people have been working on it for years, but it hit the main stage just, what is it, end of last year, early this year? Yeah. Where, not, yeah. like, chat GPT and stuff came out, and yeah. people were like, oh my God, AI. So I messed around with it a little bit. In the world of, of what my job is specifically, it can write some basic stuff for you. So um, when you're starting uh, a new application that's supposed to do something for a customer, um, there's a lot of boilerplate that goes into that. Now, a lot of big companies already have that boilerplate in place. Like we have repositories of code. We can go out there and grab a starter project that has all the the background plugs already in place and build off that. But if you didn't, this can write it for you. Like that basic stuff that doesn't take a whole lot of thought, you can, if, if you give it 
it's all about the prompts you give it. If you give it some really good prompts and give it like detailed information about what the inputs are to your application, what the outputs need to be, like what code base you want to write in, what dependencies you need in there. Like if you give it the right prompts, it'll write the shell for you. And then you're left to do the actual things that need a little thought. So it can actually speed people up, I think, which in turn, you know, you need less people to get as much done. But so far, from what I've seen anyway, um, a lot of the big companies already have a lot of the grunt work in place. Like I said, there's a starter you go out there and grab that has a lot of that background information already. And that's kind of where it is. But again, it's just started. So right. I can't tell you how it's going to grow. <laughs> like, depending on who's working on it, yeah, it could replace me in like two months. Like I, right. I can't be sure. Right. You know? yeah. um, it's teaching itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just keep feeding it more information. And then based on the responses, you either like you'll rate the responses and it learns based on that. Like, hey, people like it when I do this. People don't like it when I do that. You know, um, so it'll keep trying to grow to solve those like further thoughtful problems after the boilerplate. And as it does, yeah, it totally could. Today, no. Right. <laughs> but tomorrow, I don't know. Yeah, right. So to compare that to convenience stores, Brian, have you been in a schnooks lately? Like there's a schnooks around us. Have you been in that lately? I have. I don't even know if I've ever been inside schnooks. Well, the only reason I say that, or I ask is because they actually have like robots that go down the aisles now that do the inventory for them. And it's the freakiest thing. Cause you just be standing oh, in an, you just be standing they in an aisle. Laser? Yeah. Yeah. You just be standing in an aisle and this thing will just like be beeping at you because you're in its way. And it's just like, it, it looks like it Great looks. Great customer service. Yeah. yeah it's terrible. <laughs> they the, have the it, AI voices now. They need to put a voice on it. Oh, yeah. that, that would excuse be. me. Excuse, excuse me. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that, I'm sure it's going down. It's probably going down the aisle counting inventory. Yeah, that's stuff, what I'm saying. Honest, yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, we could use that. Um, Do they should use like Snoop Dogg's voice or something? That would be hilarious. That would be, that'd be <laughs> sick. Uh, so in, in regards to the convenience store world, I mean, you know, there are things that could make our lives a lot easier. Now, these bigger companies, probably not. But for smaller companies, you know, say say you're you're a one store company and and you know, real mom and pop shop and you don't have a handbook and that's something that you would want to do, you could probably go into chat GPT and be like, Hey, you know, set, uh, I want to Absolutely. set these standards. Could you write a, an employee handbook that's set around these standards or a paragraph set around these standards? And you could write your handbook that way or, and, uh, do things along those lines. Now, yeah. uh, I'm sure there's other ways that I can't even fathom because I'm not that smart over the years that will continue to come out. But, you know, we're, we're going to try to learn. You know, I think we're, we're pretty up to date. You know, we have a pretty good system that keeps track of our inventory. I mean, we do have to do a starting count and we have to do like inventory audits and stuff like that. But, um, for a small mom and pop shop, you know, we do a lot that uh, uh, other independents don't. And, and that's probably thankful to a lot of, you know, just other bigger companies sharing their, their propriety software. But, I don't know. I don't know exactly ways that it could make things so that's easier for us other than like on the HR side of things. Uh, I haven't, like I said, I'm not real smart on that side, so I'm not, I'm not too sure on that. What I'm you're talking about ideas. what you're, what you're talking about with the handbook is right now what it's built for. That's a problem that thousands and thousands of companies have had and thousands and thousands of companies have solved. And they're all very similar. 
you can write your own little stuff into it, but really like a company handbook is pretty much the same as company, you know, company A and company B. They're pretty much the right. same. Yep. Um, when you're talking about writing code, especially I work for a credit card company, like there's four of those. So there's only three other examples in the world right. of that code, and they are not sharing it with you. <laughs> so no one has access to it. It's not really – you can't feed a bunch of information and repeat it. Whereas handbooks, there's friggin' handbooks falling out of the sky, right? So right. you can feed all that information. It can notice the patterns and say, here's what's in most of them. Like here's here's an example of what most handbooks think are, are important. So – that kind of repeatable stuff is what it's built for right now. Yeah, and I mean, it, it could it could probably help you build things like spreadsheets and or at least teaching you different. Like you could utilize it to teach you yourself things, um, you know, like in Excel or, or and, and be able to build your own databases or, or your P and Ls or your paperwork or whatever you know whatever you need on that side of thing. Um, I actually tried to do a couple different things, like asking it, like, hey, what. Um, can you give me the top 50 is basically a Google search is what I was trying, but give me the, the top 50, um, sodas or whatever we call them CSD carbonated soda beverage or, or whatever it is. And so basically I was trying to ask it for the, my purposes of like, what's the top sodas here in Missouri? And it didn't have an answer. So utilizing it, it I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where we can, but I'm, I'm testing things here and there. Marketing would be a good one. If you could, I, I know there's like pictures that AI are creating now. I have not delved into like what that stuff could do, but if you'd be like, Hey, I want a such and such that looks like this and, and says that my sodas are too free, yada, yada, yada. And yep. it could probably make me something. And I haven't done yep. that yet. Now that I've just thought about it, now I'm going to probably gonna have to do it tonight. <laughs> I've messed with it, but I've only fed it like really stupid ideas, you know, like, uh, well, now I'm curious. ice, tea writing a dolphin into a hurricane <laughs> or something, you know, and see what it comes up with. But you want, you, you see always... so, so many YouTube thumbnails now that, that, that are AI generated. Yeah. And, and so I'm sure that we can come up with marketing. It you, help speaking of marketing, you want me to talk about the, like the scary part of where I think it's going to go very quickly. <laughs> Uh, well, you brought it up, what? so now we can't say no. Not, yeah, you, never mind. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> so, marketing, right? Like, uh, there are already more web pages that exist than like people in the world. Like, it's the internet is just full of crap. And already today, when you want to go to the internet, like when you first came out, it was just there was information out there. You had unbelievable access to information. Um, and then capitalism got a hold of it. So like when you go to the internet and you say, I want to find the best lawnmower, like if you're looking for a lawnmower, right? Uh, you cannot find an article at the top of Google that is not paid for. That some lawnmower company hasn't paid a company to rate them the top lawnmower. Or now that everything's affiliate marketing, they don't get paid by the company themselves. They just put links to where you can buy the lawnmowers that they rate the top, even if they're not the top, and they get a cut. So whatever lawnmower gives them the biggest cut when it's sold, that's who they're going to rate number one. Right. <laughs> so that's already out there, right? The internet is kind of crap. It's tough to find a real source that like somebody who actually doesn't get paid by any of the companies, buys all the lawnmowers, tests them out, you know, sees which one has ups and downs and gives you raw, real information. That just, 
doesn't really exist. Yeah, but uh, something else that you could also, I mean, I see where you're going with that, uh, but to also tie into AI and, and chat GPT specifically is you can physically put in a link to a video. And, and, and so this will kind of combat that. And so let's say go to YouTube and you look up a video, hey, what are the top five brands on YouTube or whatever, uh, someone doing a, a review on different lawnmowers, you could type in that um, that link into ChatGPT and it will give you a review right there in a, in a little paragraph. So you don't have to watch the 15, 20 minute video and you save yourself three or, you know, 15 minutes worth of, of watching a video and ChatGPT laid it out there for you. Now, obviously you're relying on someone on YouTube, but the problem uh, is I don't think that that YouTube video is legit. Like they have affiliate links down there. Everybody who does it does it for money now. It's the internet is not just information anymore. It's it's for money. Like it, everybody's trying to, find to get, everybody's trying to get wholesome, paid. Just got to find that good wholesome rural America uh, guy who's just out there YouTubing for fun. It is possible that that still exists, <laughs> but it's what I'm where I'm going is it's about to get drowned out because AI is going to be able to take the top ranking google pages the top ranking youtube videos for any search like what's the best lawnmower if that's the search you're gonna feed it the top 30 posts 100 posts a thousand posts um it's gonna consume everything that's on those pages what's repetitive what got this page to the top and it's gonna be able to spit out a new one with whatever lawnmowers you told it to be at the top that matches all of these and will rank high on Google or will rank high on YouTube. And it's going to be able to do it like that. It's not going to be a person who's like, oh, I got to figure out the algorithm. Let me, uh, they research for days and days. You're just going to be able to feed it and a computer is going to be able to be like, yep, I, I know why and give you the answer. And it's just going to shit web pages out <laughs> that like are full of whatever ranks the top at Google, you know, and it's going to be whatever they want to put in it. And the same with YouTube. It's even, even the voices can be faked. Like some yeah, of the, I've seen some of that. That's getting it. crazy. Yeah, we mentioned it. Some of the top YouTube videos right now are like faked voices of uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden playing Call of Duty together and like talking shit to each other <laughs> and like talking about how they need to frag out, you know? And it's like it sounds it sounds really good too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's quick, kind of quick, funny, funny, but it, it is. It, so, so you're quick, totally funny story. you're able to steal anybody's voice, make any video you want. It's even getting to where AI is generating full videos, not just pictures. You can feed it video, and it'll do certain cuts and certain like B-roll in the background, and it's going to be able to write the script. And you're just going to tell it, "Hey, I want these top five lawnmowers to be at the top of your list. Give me a thousand articles." A thousand. <laughs> like it would take a person forever to do that. Right. And like some AI is going to shit them out in like two minutes and they're just all going to go live and we're just going to drown under the AI generated fake internet. <laughs> like that's the real, that's the cynical version of where I think it's going to go fast. So does, because so does the internet capitalism. ever like, so you're basically saying it's not going to be credible anymore. Like do people, 50 well i mean let's 20 20 do people 20 years from now like the not do the internet anymore well i'm gonna say it's it's already not credible without ai so yeah, i well, mean it's, i see sure. your point on but not I mean, as bad as it's going to be <laughs> fake prank videos and all yeah. of the fake stupid asking your other half questions that that are 
all the off the cuff when obviously they were they were uh scripted and, and that kind of stuff so you can't believe but you already can't believe that's more like that's, tv that's just goofy stuff i'm talking about people who are doing reviews like hey i'm giving you you know hard evidence i'm giving you real information i don't think that's real even anymore like i they're they're getting paid to say someone's at the top or they're about to get paid if you click on their link they're gonna say that all right so can gonna, i play like, can, I want to Go play ahead. Joe Joe Rogan for a second. How do we stop it? <laughs> so oh, I, I, ask, I ask you an impossible question. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you do. <laughs> what are you going to have like AI bots chasing AI bots to try we and can... figure out if they're an AI bot? There's already like kids, kids, you can type into ChatGPT or one of the others. Um, like, hey, I need to write a paper on Abraham Lincoln and I need it to be two pages and I need you to write it at a fifth grade writing level and please talk about, you know, I was going to say the apple tree, but that's not him. <laughs> that's wrong, bad, wrong president, president. bad president history, I'm sorry. Uh, but like involve something from that he did and it'll spit out a paper for you. And you can write your name at the top, you can write your date at the top and you can hand it in. They've already tried to have um, apps out there that you can feed papers into that'll tell you what the percentage likelihood is that it's AI generated, that it's a bot. The it problem is, is there's people who write a real paper and they get fed into that and they think it's a bot and they're like, what the hell do I do? You know, like they're just not good enough yet. So what, it, what, yeah, what do universities and or high schools or whatever do in this instance? Like do teachers have to shift the way they teach based off of yeah. this because kids so, are just going to cheat like it's just yeah. considered cheating at this point it's like a new age calculator to me yeah so you had you used to have to do all the math by hand then calculators came out and they were like well we can't that feels bad we can't let them use calculators <laughs> like that's just cheating you know you're supposed to be, have to learn how to do this you're never and then the excuse was you're never going to have a calculator with you at all times <laughs> like that's the least of what a phone does now <laughs> and everyone has a phone at all times yeah so i almost view it as like if a person can learn to use a tool that does the job do they really have to do the job themselves anymore you know like someone could say you're never going to have access to ai anymore well i'm pretty sure we are now like it it's not just going to disappear you know right so AI will be as readily available as a calculator. Yeah, it's already in your pocket. There's an app for ChatGPT that you can feed it anything. Yeah. So if if it's like, you know, one in the morning on Thursday night, and you're like, oh shit, I didn't write my paper for you know, whatever tomorrow, feed it in there, and it craps it out in two minutes, and you put your name on it and turn it in. You know. Right. Like, well, you know, just I just say let it be. Um, those those same people that. Uh, finally get out into the real world who, who cheated their way through high school uh, will do one of two things. Either they'll squander because they've they've taken the easy path the whole time, or maybe they'll flourish because they were a little bit smarter than the ones that decided to work harder. So I don't know. It's it's definitely an intriguing side of things. I'm not I'm sure they're going to come up with a way that uh, schools and, and teachers and, and professors are going to be able to combat it. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know what you do. You can literally feed chat GPT different speeches or different things of like me specifically, if I were to put in a bunch of speeches that I wrote and put it in there and then ask chat GPT to spit out another speech to sound like me, it could do it. It's nuts. And you could write it about the dumbest topics. Like 100%. <laughs> you could say, pretend to be Bryant and like 
make him say that you know the San Diego Chargers should switch to hockey. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna give you a full speech as to why that should happen. Yeah, that sounds just like you. Because yep. I think I've heard you say that several times. Well, oh, uh, yeah. You wouldn't even know because that's that's <laughs> literally uh, what I say all the time. It's one of my core values. One of the core <laughs> values. You know, as, as you guys know, I'm running for, for office here, and that's going to be something that I do here in Missouri. I can make that pro- campaign promise. <laughs> the San Diego Chargers will be the next hockey team. <laughs> if there's one clip we pull from this, that's it. Um, (laughs) but it's interesting it's interesting how it's crossed over into music too now right because you the same thing you're talking about like you can tell it to make a Beatles song about a certain thing and it can do it for you and Mm -hmm. I that is I mean especially the um, the profit side of things is going to get really crazy in the music in the music industry with this and I think there's already like lawsuits coming from musicians about this like they're all scared of what's gonna what is going to happen and i i don't know i i think it's kind of inevitable inevitable that it's going to but they're just kind of trying to stop it at this point i don't know if they can yeah it's like streaming streaming first happened and everybody was like no i make my money off cds like no don't put my stuff on streaming right and the streaming companies just kind of pushed it and pushed it until everyone adopted it and now it it just happens like well, I can promise you, Char- Charlie Puth is going to be out of a out of a job. He he literally co-writes almost every freaking pop song out there, and so now now he's going to be out. Yeah, it's like you said. Uh, I don't want to talk trash on any artist, but somebody like Taylor Swift or Beyonce, who are big pop stars, like they write some of their own music, but a lot of it is also handed to them. Like yeah. someone writes a great song, they write the the melody behind it, and they're like. You know, if Charlie, whoever you said, he he probably can't conform it or, or perform it. You know, like no one's gonna uh, want to watch him. Uh, so they you don't know to... you don't know who Charlie Puth is? No, dude, I've never I, heard I, that name either. Oh my, yeah. no way, no shot. You pull you up keep some picks, talking, but <laughs> but they give it to Taylor Swift, right? So and she obviously performs perfectly, but they wrote a great piece and it all fits together and it's like a cohesive you know unit that goes out there and succeeds that's going to be able to be replaced like artists who are just naturally good performers, but may not have much to say, or maybe bad songwriters are going to be able to get like convincing good songs, convincing good melodies, just given to them. Like I almost see it hurting producers and stuff more than the performers. That's an interesting take. I didn't thought about, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Because who makes the beat? Well, now a computer can just generate a beat based off a bunch of other beats or who makes the melody who plays the guitar, you can just generate the guitar, you know? Right. But someone who can actually perform would still perform. For now, maybe you have an AI that can perform better than them, too. Uh, So, you're, you guys, you gotta tell me. Is that him on the, in the chair? Well, it is. I guess the video shouldn't have been the best idea. It's, Oh, there he's exercising now. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I hate this pop music. This is yeah, awful. You, you, I'm not I saying know. it's. That's, well, first I'm, of all, I do like this song. Uh, I like that pose, but, though. 
but you're tell oh yeah you're telling me you've never heard of charlie puth i've never uh, heard that name in my life oh my i don't gosh. live in the, the pop world very much like, i mean me you neither, saw I, but... I pulled taylor swift not anybody else because it's like the one <laughs> name that i know <laughs> just, just totally shocked so so charlie puth has written so many hits um that obviously you guys might not even know I'm Googling them now so that because off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but there's just so many big ones uh, that he has written over the years. So let's see here. Well, we got. He's probably paired up with certain artists and they, once they once they make a good team, it's tough to like wrestle somebody away because um, they get a lot of success. Yeah, well, his his main claim to fame was uh, the the Fast and the Furious song with Wiz Khalifa that came out. That was like kind of his first big, big hit. Oh, was that the, uh, was that the one from when Paul Walker died? The, uh, yep. uh, what yep. was that? Drove off into the sunset. Yeah. What was yep. that song? Um, crap. It's been a long Yeah, that's day. it. Yeah. No, keep, you, going. Friend. Yep, keep going. Keep <laughs> going. Tell you all about it when I see you again. That's a good, I don't like that you're looking in my eyes. That was creepy. No, no, no. Keep it. <laughs> Keep the eye contact about and just you, let it flow. Friend. Oh, I'll tell you all about it and I see you again. That's good. It's when yeah. I see you. I'm pretty sure that you've got a new when clip. You see you <laughs> yeah, again. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's when I see you again. That has, that has to be the name of that song, right? Yeah, something like that. But I mean, yeah, there's just so many. If you look it up, I mean, there's literally just 30, 40 hit songs that are on here. Um, that yeah. he, you know, some of her, some of them, some of them are his own songs, but I mean, there's just so many, he's written so many that, and I think that is the first area that should be scared, right? Like people who write the lyrics, people who are producers, that kind of stuff. Yes. Like lyrics kind of change, but they're normally about the same stuff. You could even probably cut lyrics from songs that match exactly and you just don't know because right. they're in different genres. Right. Like that kind of stuff that's kind of repeatable, going to be able to be just crapped out by an AI. Um, pop beats. I hate to, you know, throw a genre under the bus. <laughs> pop beats that sound very similar. Like, yeah. you know, they're all in the same beats per minute. You know, they, they have the same kind of melodies and choruses coming in and time frames. Like that's pretty repeatable by... A robot just you can tell it change it up a little bit in the beats per minute change it up in the uh, pitch of the melodies or the tempo of the melodies or whatever and it's it's going to be repeatable yeah i mean I, that, I, I guess but, i guess I, mean, I guess that's more against like pop the the pop genre though right because like i, I don't think it's going to hit like the rock genre especially like the hard rock genre and stuff like that as hard because of the fact that you're talking about a whole band who are making their yeah. own, you know, their own. Music. I don't know. Could you, it, I wonder if there's a iteration of it out there yet where you can say, write me a guitar rift or write, write me a guitar. Uh, solo maybe. Even. Yeah. Yeah. You maybe. I, I, I don't, I mean, when it comes to music and producing, like you said, absolutely. But when it comes to the songwriting, you got to think about how stupid some of these songs have been over the years. I mean, such as we'll take a Barbie girl, uh, which obviously <laughs> from the Barbie movie, that's why that was the first one that come to mind. But then you also got to think about, uh, you know, like My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas, also like a terribly written song, but has a good beat. So it's it's huge or, or a classic. Oh, yeah. the, the Thong Song by Cisco, <laughs> horrible song, 
but yeah. a sick beat and it sound and it's so catchy. So as long as as long as, I mean, if an AI I guess can come up with a good hook, then you know. That, but that's really all these producers have to do. And and there's a reasons why we have unlimited of good songs coming out regardless of the lyrics every single year. Um, you know, look at every Nas X song that has came out that's been a, a big hit. And trust me, the lyrics aren't the reason why those are hits. So I don't, I don't yeah, know. Dude, I mean, dude, it, it, I can see that... your point, but it might just be something along the lines to where it gets kind of streamlined by AI, but tweaked by, by the humans in the end. Yeah, yeah. dude. Well, th- that's how it is. In, like I said, in the coding world right now, it can do a lot of the boilerplate for you and you just add your own touches at the end, you know, the, but the, these again, days it so- can grow. Yeah. These days, as far as music goes, like the hook is the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Brian, do you listen to country music at all? It, I know Sam, you don't, but. Uh, so, I don't. Don't. Okay. It has to have a hook so that it can fit onto like TikTok. Right. Like yeah, you're. True. Yeah. You're cutting only 30 seconds of something like. Let's start 30, from Vine. You need a good 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's six, six seconds on Vine to make your song count. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason why I said the, the country music thing is because like Morgan Wallen, he said the N word along, you know, last year or whenever it was. And then all of a sudden he's the number one streamed artist, you know, in country music. And he just put out this song that is a terrible song, but the hook is catchy and it got stuck in my head for like four days straight. It's like oh, yeah. uh, uh, something about uh, now I forget it. It's last night we let the liquor it's gotta talk, be last I think. night yeah, yeah it's gotta yeah. be last night I, I do know what song you're talking about that's exactly uh stemmed from tiktok and reels uh, is where yeah. that all hit yeah uh, look i'll admit that the song is pretty catchy i don't listen to country but it's not it's not a great song but the, the hook is definitely catchy yeah oh yeah there's i mean we all listen to a lot of music there's music you listen to because you like genuinely like it and then there's music you put on when you're not really listening to it, but it sounds good. You're doing something else. Yeah. Like the, so it serves both purposes. You know, there's songs out there that just sound good, especially when you go to a bar. A lot of times there's music in the background that just sounds good. Or like if we go on a float trip, sometimes you just want cool background music. You know, you don't really care about what it is, who it is. Right. That has a good hook that you sing along to every once in a while after a few drinks, you know, like Backstreet Boys. (laughs) <laughs> that that's normally yeah. on the playlist somewhere yeah in sync's on there too I, i'm not <laughs> i'm not ashamed time. i'm not ashamed every time well it's uh speaking of kind of country music i want to uh transition to, into the real hot topic right now if you don't mind colt uh in the what jason aldean try that oh, okay. in a small town oh, okay uh, have, have either one of you guys listened to it uh no. i listened up to the well Yes, technically, because I wanted to watch the music video. It wasn't necessarily about the song. It was I wanted to watch the music video because that's where everybody's calling racism on it. And I don't know if you, Brian, if you, I know Sam, you don't do Facebook very much, but I was, can you set the stage for me? Because I don't know the person's name you just said. I don't know oh. the controversy behind it. Like, okay, yeah, so, so so Jason Aldean is is a I guess quote unquote country star. Uh, he is older been around for from a while from my understanding now keep in mind i don't listen to country so not 100 percent sure but he basically came out with the song recently uh it dropped on youtube 12 days ago and it's basically called try that in a small town and basically you know i'm not looking the lyrics up but from my understanding the lyrics basically state like you know people are destroying their own communities obviously 
leaning towards like Antifa or, or things that are going on in the bigger cities or not necessarily even Antifa, but like the uh, in the urban areas of St. Louis, for instance, where there's people being shot every day and there's graffiti everywhere. And he's basically stating like, try that in a small town and see what happens. And, and the, in the video, there's a lot of video of riots going on and, and people knocking buildings down or spray painting or, or obviously fighting and pushing back against police officers and, and stuff like that. So it's, it obviously is politically, you know, driven in a sense. And, I mean, he's. I, I don't personally think he's wrong because I'll take the perfect example of a local town where we're all from down south of us a little bit where there was a, a protest that happened and it was an Antifa protest and they had it down on the square, the town square. And there was uh, more, I guess, militia type uh, folks there surrounding the square there to help. Uh, protect buildings at any given time. So he, he's basically saying, like, go try that in a small town and see what happens. And, you know, this small town that we live near uh, to where something similar uh, could have stemmed from did not because, you you know, you're not going to get away with it in a small town, in a small community like that, uh, whereas in the city, obviously, things are a little bit different. I don't I, I personally don't believe that he put that music video out or the song out thinking it was going to be controversial like it is. Do you? I don't really think, I personally don't think the video is controversial. I just, I mean, I get it. It's showing riots and stuff, but I I don't, when I watch it, I see zero things that that click in my brain, like that's racist. I I mean, all it is is a bunch of clips of riots that have happened over the, the past few years. Right. Um, and then he's saying, you know, try that in a small town, see what happens. And, and, and he's exactly right. I've seen it with my, my, you know, less than two miles away from one of my so, stores. So like, do you, I, I've seen it. So do you think this is a product of the culture that we're in now? Everybody's just looking to be offended by something. And if so, are people not realizing that they, them being offended so hard and going out against this is just boosting streaming numbers and just boosting YouTube videos? I think, that, I think that's the whole point of it. <laughs> He's like, and with any any artist nowadays that's putting out something that could be potentially controversial, um, is man, what's going to give me the most clicks? What's going to give me? I mean, yep. this thing's got uh, yep. almost twenty million views, which I would say over five million of them have happened in the past two days from when I first listened to it. Right. So it's continuously yep. getting all these views, and and it's it's working. That's that's a tough. When you talk about controversy, again. That's the internet now. Uh, it used to be there wasn't very much out there. Like, you, you remember the early days of the internet? There was, like, before even Google, there was a few websites that people knew that they would go to. Like, the news was on Yahoo, and I don't know, there was a couple others that people went to. Like, I, I hit I up Ask Jeeves a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, ran, there was a yes. couple solutions the out there. Yeah. Now there's more website, well, more web pages than people. Like there's just infinite things, and to get your attention, they have to be the most interesting thing. So TV's done it the same way. Like that's why people are so polarized by the news. That's why people are so polarized on the internet. Like they only talk about either the worst things, or they, if there are no worse things out there, they take smaller things and explode it. Like. 
you know, they take an angle on it where they're like, this is ruining the world, even though it's like somebody made a music video, you know? Right. Like, there's a bunch of and, those. And it's crazy <laughs> how fast this cycle is going now, too. Because yeah. it's so big for a week, maybe. And then all of a sudden, you're, it, and, yeah, you don't even realize it left, uh, you know? And then, uh, you know, two weeks later, you're like, oh, crap, that was a thing for a minute. And it just went away and we didn't even realize it. It's so nuts. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they look to, to politicize. I mean, the news looks to politicize everything, is, and that's what gets the clicks. That's what gets the views. You know, we'll take the, the movie Sound of Freedom, uh, you know, that, that's just been this politically driven movie. That's not even a political movie at all. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's it should be something that pulls both sides together, but yet all of a sudden you should have a right versus left thing. Uh, this music video, like you said earlier, Colt, wasn't, wasn't probably supposed to be meant to be controversial. It was probably supposed to be meant to bring people together. And and yet somehow it's all of a sudden Jason Aldean is the most conservative person you've ever heard of, even though he has videos on the internet of him, you know, talking, shouting down gun rights and stuff like that. It, and it's just everything, and whether it's in music or just culture in general nowadays, everything is politicized. And it's because of the internet, uh, everything's least- so readily of, in social media. It's at least ex- it's taken to the extremes. Like there's the political spectrum of the extremes, but then everything else. Like uh, something happened in your town, and it's so dangerous it could kill your children. Look out, you know. Like if, even if it's not a hundred, because most things are taken political. But even if it's not, it's extreme. Like yeah. they only show you the it. Literally, if you go back and watch Anchorman two. which wasn't a very good movie anchorman one far superior but there's that that moment in anchorman 2 when he talks about oh they gave us the midnight news channel what are we going to do like no one watches how can we get people to watch our hour or our two hours i don't know whatever they had and they're like all right we're only going to show we're going to show sports but we're only going to show home runs and we're going to have 20 minutes where we just show the cutest puppies and then when we talk about the news it's going to be like celebrity gossip you know and they're like they do the extremes and all of a sudden the regular news which is like talking to foreign leaders and talking about uh what trade policies we have in different areas all of a sudden the regular news is getting smashed by this two hours of extremism and that movie sets the stage that you know ron burgundy is the guy who started extremism on the on the news and the internet you know right and then it just flourishes from there yeah a uh, little side note here. So you said Anchorman 1 was far superior to Anchorman 2. That's definitely a fact. But it's yep. that situation that makes me nervous because they're making a dodgeball 2. And Ooh, I love I dodge. I love the first dodgeball, and I really don't want them to screw it up. <laughs> yeah, I understand. The problem is movies suck nowadays. That nothing, they're too afraid to kind of go against the mold. And or I mean, when I say go against the mold, go against the mold nowadays, if they would just go back to how comedy was back in you know, whatever the early two thousands, it would just, things would just be so much better because every sequel that you have coming out just sucks. Yeah. It the only sucks. one I've really thought was good is Maverick, like Top Gun. Oh yeah. The, the yeah, Top Maverick Gun movie good. is pretty good, but like the Jurassic Park movies are terrible. Just terrible. Yeah. Even with Chris Pratt, like you, you <laughs> yeah. think with Chris Pratt in them, but I mean, obviously if they're written poorly. So, but, but I have, I have hopes, man, because mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn, is is one of those that doesn't give a crap about anything nowadays so if he has his like in regards to like uh, if, for the lack of better terms like wokeism or any any politi- politicized things he doesn't care vince vaughn is is 
one of those and Ben Stiller as well are both two figures that just don't care about what others think. And they always have been that way in their acting. And, um, and you could see that in the performances and then also how they speak outside of that. So I think as long as they have a hand in the writing, um, I think, I think it could be pretty good. Whereas like, we'll take Will Ferrell, for instance, uh, Will Ferrell, you know, I don't know of a good movie that he's put out since Step Brothers, or uh, that I can think of. Mate, was Ricky Bobby after that? I, I can't really remember. His, Whatever the last one. I think uh, the basketball one was the last one in that run. Ja- that? Jackie Moon, yeah, Jackie yeah. Moon was Sem- pretty semi pro. Yeah. yeah, semi pro. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that after that, his stuff just goes downhill. Yeah. And and it's I don't know I I don't know what's going on there, but I, I do have faith in Vince Vaughn and and Will not Will Ferrell, not Will Ferrell, uh, Ben Stiller to to create something good. So I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah. Uh, did you guys watch the that last Adam Sandler movie? The what was it called? Hu- was it Hustle? Hustle, dude. Hustle is so good. No, Hustle is a you didn't basketball. See it. Oh, it's, the basketball. It, one. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Dude, it was so it good. So good. It's not so much a comedy, although you know it's Adam Sandler, so there's some some funny stuff here and there. Hustle is really good. Yeah, like, really I watched good. his uh, Uncut Gems. I like that one. I never got to watch that. I heard it was good though. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've seen it. It's a pretty, you know, like you said, it it doesn't follow a cookie cutter movie it takes some chances there's things you don't expect you're like oh shit i can't believe that's in a movie but uh when you watch his like date night movie it's just a fill in the numbers like romantic comedy that's supposed to get clicks on netflix you know but also he's one of those guys that's like uh okay netflix uh this sign write me this check and i'll make you seven movies you know it's just You know, I, I don't I don't know that he's necessarily looking like for money on the back end or anything like that. He's just yep. like, give me a number. We'll agree to yep. it and I'll make you seven movies. It don't matter what they how they are or if they're good or not. It's, it's like I'll give you two good got, ones, five crap. Yeah, ones. it's got my name I've on it. I've heard an so. interview with him where people give him shit about like Grown Ups and Grown Ups too. Like, you know, those are lame movies. Mm-hmm. But he in the interview, he's like, yeah, I do those movies to have enough money to make a couple movies that I actually want to make, yeah. which I thought was neat to hear. He's like, yeah, I do the nonsense mm-hmm. that you get paid a lot for that, you know, people aren't really going to like, but it, people are going to watch it because whatever, it's the new movie out. And then he's like, I make a few movies that are what I want to make and yep. I can spend my own money on them right. so that a, a, com- a company can't tell me what I have to cut, you know, but also, yeah. It, I mean, you should watch Hustle, by the way, just to cut yeah, in like yeah, tonight. Yeah. It, it's that <laughs> oh, good. It, it, it's on my good. list. I just haven't taken the time. But but also like, if you were in Adam Sandler's position and you could just take like seven of your closest friends and just go to Hawaii and just make a movie, just being stupid, why would you yeah. not do that? Regardless of who's gonna, I mean, who's gonna watch it? You're gonna get because enough people to watch it. Dude, I have way too much time blindness to do that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, bringing that full Classic. circle, I like Classic. it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what date night was. Like, what was date night? Uh, oh, was that the murder mystery? Yeah. There's or a second whatever? one now, too. I haven't yeah. watched it. Oh, yeah, I, I did hear I did hear. I watched the second one without the first one. The second one was kind of stupid. You're yeah. right. Because I seen, I was like, oh, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. You know, that's a good, good combo. Not those. They're yeah. not great. They're catching some a check funny, on that movie. Hundred percent. They were all right. They have some funny yeah. things here and there, but um, you know, it was something that actually surprised me. There's a movie on Netflix right now called Outlaws. I think is what it's called. I, I just watched uh, it. Yeah. 
it, it's it, i'm not gonna say it was great yeah it, by no means was it great but it surprised me that like it was one of those movies that i started or actually my wife started it wasn't even me and i kind of ran into the room and i'd seen um seen it going on it's like oh you know it was funny here and there and the next thing i know i found myself watching the whole thing and it turned out pretty good so and i know in an interview um i can't remember the lead uh adam, actor's adam name. divine adam divine yeah. yeah he was doing a podcast with the Vaughn, and he basically was promoting uh this new movie and he basically said that it, it's something we did not want to conform to he, and he was basically talking about how comedy has conformed itself to to try to maneuver its way around uh, making people mad or offending anybody. And he said, that's not what we did with this one. He said, we went in there and uh, very there was very little changes in in the sense of comedy for the sake of offensiveness. You know, we, we went ahead and we did our own thing. And, and you know, there's nothing offensive about it. It was pretty funny. There's some stupid humor here and there as what you're probably going to get with with Adam Devine. But uh, overall, I mean, it caught my attention and I never even planned on watching it. So I thought it was pretty good. To be fair, in the comedy realm, a couple names like uh, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., both guys that have had like controversial things happen to them in their career have basically been somewhat canceled from time to time. But the two of them, I think, are kind of like, you know what? I'm made, as people would say. Like, I have enough money that I could do nothing for the rest of my life and live comfortably and die. You know, like, I don't have to do anything. Whereas people like Adam Sandler making a movie like Date Night, he's cashing a check. You know, like, yeah. he just wants to keep making money. Whereas those two guys are like, I have enough money. I have a house mm. that I want. I live where I want. I do what I want. And they keep making things. And like you said, they push the boundaries. They don't care. They're like, I could say something and you all could cancel me again and I don't care. I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. But they can do it from a place of power. Like they've already made it. Yeah, they Dave, have Dave Chappelle is like untouchable almost for yeah, somehow. Like, he is like, a goat for me. Like, like he, yeah, he I, went, I mean, you know, he signed, what did three, three specials, I think, with Netflix. Yeah. And he, I mean, he pushed the boundary on every single one as far as he, yeah. as far as you can go. And, and they're yeah. so good and he was so yeah. unapologetic while he was doing it and he's basically like guess what fuck you i'm doing yeah. it and i don't care and there's nothing you're gonna do about it yeah. louis ck and was he's... a little different he got that you know the weird stuff that he likes to do behind closed doors and then but if, basically if got canceled for okay, a apparently bit. it's in open doors <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to his comedy though he says that exact stuff and yeah. everybody's just like, oh, he's just joking. No, he's talking about his real life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like in his specials, he's like, yeah, I like doing all this weird stuff and I like doing it in front of people. And, uh, well, in, and I mean, it's like, you have well, to, yeah, I do. Yeah. You have to, like in that case, you have to accept it and you just have to, you kind of have to make material about it, you know, just yeah. to, you, you just have to accept it. That's all it is. But he like, he got canceled hear, basically for a while. Did you hear, his first, thing? Did you hear his first thing when he came back and uh -uh. he came out on the stage and he was like, I bet you guys didn't have as good a year as I had. <laughs> <laughs> but so so he he kind of like he went away for a while and then he kind he didn't come back in a big way I don't think. Like he just all, he just came out and just started touring sort of. Yeah. And yeah. I think his I think he put out a special or two but he put it out on his own website and people all bought his stuff it, bought he makes it there. Is on his own website now. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, a smart a smart move. I I've always liked Louis CK. The the stuff that he does is weird and from what I can tell, he never did anything without consent of somebody else. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it. It's it's, but because it's not my. The thing, argument is but... he did it from a place of power. Like who's yeah. gonna? Your boss tells you to do something sketchy, like, and you're like, ah, should I say no? It's my boss, you know. So right. Yeah. Well, That's the but argument the thing is, why it's wrong. you know, but as long as they realize, or someone like that, like Louis C.K. realized that you know mistakes were made, and if they can make those changes and get back into doing what they're doing and actually maybe kind of kind of like Dave Chappelle to where, you know, they try to get canceled and they kind of make comedy off that and they could yeah. be self-degrading in some areas and, and really be funny. I think there could be a way of, um, you know, I guess a, a rebound for, for, for him. And obviously there's going to be people out there that will not forgive that forever. But I, I think there's far worse things out there that people are doing that aren't being talked about and being um, being just talking about other powerful figures um, that should be, you know, probably unforgiven and being canceled, yeah. if you will. Whereas like something along those lines, absolutely. It, it is, it's really bad, but I don't think it's unforgivable mm-hmm. um, at least in my eyes. So they have a voice and they bring up topics and talk about things that not everybody does. And, they kind of speak truth to it or they make they make fun of or make light of things that are kind of off limits it it's almost like uh tom cruise tom cruise is maybe the best movie star ever right like i he, think so he's Easily. pretty high up there in the pantheon and like you could argue he's the best ever even which is nuts he's a crazy ass dude yeah like some of the stuff he does in his personal life is bonkers but he still puts out amazing art. Kanye West like has gotten himself canceled and all kinds of stuff. And I would argue that I don't like Kanye's new stuff as much as Kanye's old stuff, but like still I would argue that he got artist. really crazy whenever he got with a Kardashian, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what ev- that that's what it. happens to everyone <laughs> that, that aligns their life with a Kardashian, but go ahead. And it's Those tough blood sucking. You could talk about artists in the past like Kurt Cobain, like, was unbelievably talented, but had a dark side. Like, everyone's got shit that is bad about them. Most people don't have, like, the media camera in their face, you know, hours out of the day, just looking to catch you doing something like that. Most people aren't, you know, someone who uh, locally gets in trouble for the same thing Louis C.K. does. No one knows about it because, like, they get in trouble. They get sent to jail for a little while. They get out. Like, but no one cares about them. Like, he's just in the public light. Like, hundreds of people get in trouble for that kind of shit all the time. But because he's like a big figure, he gets hit for it. You know? Right. But they're just because of that kind of stuff. I don't like immediately rule out what they have to say. You know, it's they're talking about topics that you know more people should be okay talking about. And I also completely agree with, if you can't make fun of something, like why, why even be here? Right. <laughs> like if you can't make light of something, like the, the world is chaos all the time and you got to roll with it. You know, like I know things are personal, but like, if you can't make a joke, I, I'm shitty at being on time. I can make a joke about it. I know it's true. You know, like I, you kind of have to face that stuff and like look well, at it com- from a different angle. Well, and comedy is kind of that relief um, from, you know, reality, I guess, in a sense to where, 
you can take reality and make fun of it to, I guess, help clear your mind around the situation. And, and yeah, even dark you know, stuff. I, even dark you know? stuff. I mean, yeah. you can, uh, whether it's drugs or getting into further th- things along those lines, comedy has, has, yeah. Can can touch light and, and make those things a little bit of a lighter tone, uh, but still having a, a good point at the base of the foundation of of their comedy. Like you know, there's there's some of the best to do it. Like Dave Chappelle, for instance. You know, when they have these talks about, or when he's having his specials and he's talking about uh, you know living in in urban areas or drugs or or you know the Hollywood and that those kinds of things. You know, he's he's making fun of it, but at the same time, he's still providing a point. And I think that's important. And the same with like, I'll use George Carlin, for instance, who is, is another one up there for, for uh, goat status, his talks, not even, I mean, he, he stuck to politically quite a bit, but you know, there was always, he was making fun of the system and he was making fun of both sides. And he was making fun of this and he's making fun of that, but he still had a point at the end. And, and, and basically the point was like, look, the, uh, for this purpose, the government doesn't like you. They they are, aren't actually there for you. And he did it in, a, in, in instead of it just coming out and being black and and dirty and 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 just being down about it. He did it in a funny way, and he and he proved the point. And he was right on a lot of things. What he said, yeah, all in the sake of comedy. And again, he was one of those people that was like, "I'm fine. I have enough money. You can hate me. It doesn't matter." Like. I'm going to speak what I believe is truth. And well, who, who would have thought that uh, the, the greatest philosopher of 2022 and 2023 turned out to be Dave Chappelle, <laughs> the same person that, uh, uh, what was the, the weed movie? Gosh, half it. baked, half baked. That came yeah. in that uh, was the lead star in half baked. <laughs> do you guys, do you either you listen to Anthony Jeselnik at all? Do you know who that is? I don't even know who That's that is. That's a new name. No. Uh, I mean, he's been a stand-up com- comic for a long time. I, he basically is exactly what you guys are explaining. Um, he does he pushes the boundaries a lot on a lot of things. He's not really political or anything, uh, but he's very. He he doesn't really care how dark he gets with a lot of his comedy too, uh, but it, it's he he's very funny. You guys should check him out if if you are okay with watching dark comedy and don't really, you know, get offended by it. <laughs> I don't I'm, get offended. I love dark comedy. Yeah. I love, again, places that people don't want to go and you just shine a different light on it. Yeah. One of my favorite skits about Louis C.K. is he talks about suicide. People don't want to talk about suicide. Right. But he's like, you know, suicide is actually the answer to all of your problems. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're scared about ISIS or ISIS coming in and getting us, this is around that time. He's like, just kill yourself. Then they can't get you. <laughs> you know? But and obviously, you know, he's telling a joke. He's taking it to that, like, just a different spin on it. Because when people talk about it, they immediately go to the bad side. And right. just being able to open it up to where it's not immediately the worst thing ever, you know, to where you can actually have a conversation about it and what it is and like what you think about it and what other people think about it instead of we don't talk about this because it's bad. Right. So let's, let's transition a little bit. Um, I've been thinking about uh, transitioning. Have you? Oh, okay. Well, there's a, there's a topic that can get us canceled. All right. Uh, (laughs) Let's listen to Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Now, um, 
So an interesting topic me and Sam had talked about quite a bit uh, outside of the show, but it has to do with music and has to do with like our kids and stuff. And Bryant, me and you both have young kids. Sam, your kids are a little older now, but your Sam, your kids are in like the target zone for I think where me and you were for like when music really started becoming something for us. Like Sam, I don't know if you know it or not, but like you were a big influence on me as far as what music what music I listened to back in high school. Cause we were, we hung out all the time. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I guess the broad question is, do words matter to kids as far as like, will they really influence kids? And an instance of that, like is something that Eminem talked about a lot, which is a back around that time too, was like, he talked about like, you know, are kids at home listening to me? And if so, I didn't mean to, I'm just putting out words and they do what they do by listening to my music. You know, I don't think personally, and this is weird because I just realized like maybe a year or two ago that I've never really, really paid attention to words and songs ever. Like I just, I can tell you all the words in a song and not really have ever in my head put it all together to where I really think about what they've been singing about. You know what I mean? I, I that yeah, seems I, weird, but I'm the opposite. Okay, I can't help it when I listen. Well, it's not true. We've talked about there's two different kinds of, of music. Mm-hmm. There's the music you listen to because you like it, and the music you want on in the background when mm-hmm. you're doing something. Yeah, <laughs> and like when you're hanging out at a party or whatever, there's mm-hmm. just good sounding music that you don't care what it says. Right. And then there's music that you really listen to, and the music I really listen to. Oh yeah, I analyze the shit out of it. Okay. But so, so I'm, I'm kind of in the boat with cults. Um, very rarely do I ever look into the meaning of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically like Eminem, for instance. You know, I grew up listening to a, a lot of songs that I shouldn't have been listening to at the age that I was because my mom loved Eminem um, or, you know, DMX and stuff like that. And when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, I should not have been listening to those. I would never let my kids listen to to at least the the dirty versions which is what i was listening to and uh you know even something like i'm the real or the real slim shady is is something that we listen to all the time and i knew almost every single word to that song of course i had no clue what it meant and um but yet i still had the opportunity to listen to it but you know in turn we do not allow our kids to listen to uh that kind of right and see and see growing up like let's take the Eminem CD for instance. I remember Sam, your mom buying that album for you. I think it was for your birthday or something that she bought that album for you. And she knew what was on that. If my mom knew what was on that and that I was listening to that, I would have been grounded for still probably, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, our, 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 so what I'm saying is like our, our, the parenting styles of our parents were completely different yeah. because of the way they yeah. looked at, they looked at things, you know? And you could say who's right and who's wrong, but right and wrong, I don't think is actually a real thing. <laughs> like there are, there's a, a spectrum, there's a far end of it, there's a far end of it. It's like the political land. Mm-hmm. There's a far end to the right, there's a far end to the left. Some of those ideas are more right, some of them are more wrong. I think there's middle ground on all of it, basically. So I also think your your guys' kids, like you said, are a lot younger. Yeah. Like. Of course, when my kid is six, I wouldn't hand him an Eminem CD, you know, like, but when, like you said, high school, when your kids are hitting like the end of middle school, beginning of high school, like they're becoming a person. 
They're not becoming a kid. Yeah. And at that point, like they're going to grow into whoever they want to be. Um, I'd use my daughter as, as an example. Um, she listens to a lot of rap and it's a lot of new age rap and I've let her play it. I've listened to it. I've gone through it. It's terrible lyrically. <laughs> like, uh, I hate to be like the old guy, you know, but it, I also acknowledge that when we were growing up, not only Eminem, like Eminem, I would say, you know, if you list, if you listen and look at the lyrics, he's trying to talk about something at least, like something that happened in his life, tell a story, something like that. Well, that depends on I would, the album, I would say right? he's an, ex- there, there, he's there an were... exception. I was going to say, I was a, lot gonna of, say... a lot of his songs did have good meaning behind them and had pretty good yeah. lyrics. Whereas if you listen to some of Ludacris's uh, OG stuff, <laughs> yeah. eh, not quite so much. Or somebody that we listen to in the car all the time, Little John and the Eastside Boys. <laughs> They're terrible. Terrible. Like the, the lyrics are horrible. But back then we were like, this sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we weren't getting crunk in the club. We weren't like, you know, we didn't have bunch of hoes <laughs> like <laughs> that wasn't our life we listened and we sang those lyrics i knew all the lyrics to uh like all the little john and the east side boy songs but well that was only like eight words so yeah that's <laughs> it was like yeah, i got know. i got all the hoes and i got all the guns and i drink all the things and i do all the drugs right like that was that was the lyrics and i would you say you forgot skeet oh, oh you they, did do that every yeah. once in a while they would skeet i do remember that uh <laughs> I would say those are most the lyrics to like the current rap songs. It hasn't changed much. They talk about doing drugs. They t- now some of the new rap has gone in more of like the emo world of they're depressed and like suicidal and stuff. So what parent would be like, oh, my kid is listening to a song that talks about doing drugs, talks about treating women like shit, and it talks about I'm de- I want to kill myself. Like those are the three things that are talked about in a lot of these rap songs. But at the same time, we listen to that stuff and we're like functioning adults. You know, I live in a house. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, some degenerate just out all the time. You know, right. Or yeah, but that was, dead in a gutter by now. I think that it definitely has a lot to do with your overall parenting. I don't think just because someone's listening to a certain type of music, they're going to turn to, out to be some sort of degenerate or, or a bad person. I think uh, the, the overall I guess, landscape of how your parenting is, is, is probably more impactful. And, you know, music can make a difference. You know, some people really take music to the heart. I'm not one of those. Now I listen to a ton of music. I mean, I've listened to anything from rap to hard rock, metal, power metal. Like I'm talking like Dungeons and Dragons type of power metal. Like you would never think I'd listen to that kind of stuff. Now I don't listen to a ton of country. Don't listen to a ton of pop, but I have. Um, and, and, it's just not something that I've ever tied myself to like suicidal thoughts because my favorite pop artist said that, but there are people out there that do. So I, I wonder where that kind of stems from. If it's, it's, if it's from also a bad uh, living situation or, or what the deal is. There. Well, see, that, 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 go ahead. Well, that's the kind of thing too, like, right. And something I think Eminem kind of said in some of his songs is like, some parents can blame the music that their kids listen to on how they're acting or what they're doing or something like that. But a lot of times the reason why they're listening to that music is because they're trying to get away from what's happening at home or something along those lines. So it's like a bad childhood. It, that is their getaway, but parents want to blame 
what that for their actions and it's not really how it should be yeah i mean i like i said i was listening to some og ludicrous which is 90 percent of his songs was about smoking marijuana um or other other rap artists uh back in high school that um and i will admit i wasn't the biggest rap fan but there were songs that i listened to but you know i haven't ever smoked a day in my life so you know, like if my mom heard me listening to blueberry yum yum by by <laughs> ludicrous um she would have been thinking i was probably the biggest toker around but yet i've <laughs> never even touched it so an exact example like you you talked about my mom getting this music for me uh the very first lincoln park cd well not the very first but the the big hit Lincoln Park CD. Hybrid Theory. Meteoria or whatever. Hybrid Theory. Hi- uh, hybrid, th- hybrid Theory. Yeah. Hybrid Theory. Uh, that's right. In the End was on that song. Yeah. If you actually listen to the lyrics of In the End, it's kind of about him thinking like, really, everything I do in life doesn't matter. Right. Like, I'm just going to die. You know, like in the end, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I'm listening to that song. And I remember my mom like I over and over because I loved it. It was like, this sounds awesome. You know, Chester's the, the best. Uh, I remember my mom sitting down with me and being like, when you listen to this song, like, what do you think about? What do you think it means? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe he like had a girlfriend and she broke up with him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like in the end, our relationship didn't matter. Right. Uh, and she kind of goes, OK, good. And then like left, you know, <laughs> so she, she stepped in to have a parenting moment of right. like, Hey, this song, most people would think it's kind of about suicide. Like, let me talk to you about that. Let me have a parenting moment. Mm. So that's an exact example of like, she let me go to those places, but wanted to be there as a guide, you know? So are you doing the same thing right now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we take the very open policy. There's parents who are just like, these things are bad. We don't do them. We don't talk about them. But same. We just talked about with comedy artists. There's topics that people just don't talk about. And they're like, no, nah, we're going to talk about them. And like, we're going to talk about the, the, the pros. If there are any of the cons, like what would happen in those scenarios? We're very like that. So mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them like, don't ever, think about drugs if someone talks about drugs run away you know like we talk about what drugs are what they do to you we talk about how there's some people that smoke every once in a while like but we talk about putting yourself in safe situations like kids are gonna experiment like it's it's just gonna happen um and especially we've talked about the internet with the internet now you could try to block it all you want like they're gonna get their hands on that music Mm -hmm. they're gonna listen to it like a sixth grader could google cut off head you know and they're gonna see it (laughs) like it it's it's gonna get to your kids no matter how much you shelter them so in my mind the open path is the better of the the two paths like know that it exists have the conversation talk about both sides talk about why everyone thinks it's so negative why you even think it's negative but like allow them a say in it and again, this is different from a six-year-old. Like once right. kids start turning into a person, you need to have a conversation with them more like a person. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair uh, way to look at it, and I think that's probably this parenting style that my mom had for sure. I mean, there was a little bit closed doors. I mean, if it wasn't really brought up, but 
I think having that openness and that conversation rather than me having that curiosity actually really scared me into the what ifs and, um, you know, what could happen if I did this and what could happen if I did that. So there are so many things that literally my best friends were doing that I did not do. Um, mainly because I was like, look, my mom said this could happen and I don't want that to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously we're not to that point yet, but I I think we're pretty open with our kids and we have those conversations. You know, the wife is, that's something that she's great at is, is being open and upfront me. I just yell all the time. So, (laughs) you know, she's good at having those conversations with the kids and kind of laying out the land, like with, um, for instance, our, our eight-year-old daughter, we first just now started like letting her message her friends on like on a kid's messaging app. And you know, we can monitor it, we can see what's going on at any time. But we told her, like, look, this is why you can't do this, and this is why you can't do that. And like if if you're getting ready in the morning before school and you're talking to your friend, like, look, you have to be dressed first and you have to you can't send pictures of this and that. And so yeah, just very similar to what you said, Sam, like having that open policy of like, yeah, you know, letting them do some of the things in that instance if if needed or not not. I guess not throwing them out of the house if they do something that is against that you think is good, but un- making them understand what the consequences could be, um, I think is probably the best policy. And because and, you will end up scaring them into, um, you know, con- conformity, I guess, a little bit similar to what my parents did. Or in that informed. Yeah. If you just avoid it, kids are going to be curious and they're going to try. And you could trust to make that, that trust them to make that decision. Yeah, um, for sure. I get yeah. that. I think it's uh, I, you don't same I think it's interesting too because I think you're able to see two sides of this now because you're seeing where you grew up in a, a lot smaller school than what your kids are going to so like it's at a lot bigger situation now for you than it was when we were in school. I mean, the stuff was still out there if we wanted to venture down that road, but not near as much as it probably is you know, where you are now in the city. Yeah. Plus people have a lot more money around here, so they can just get whatever they want. (laughs) Just being honest. Yeah. When I see like the houses and the cars and stuff that people drive in, I'm always blown away. Like I go to my daughter's school and there's like the kids are driving Audis and Mercedes and, and I'm just like, yeah, the, the nicest car in our entire parking lot was a Monte Carlo. Like <laughs> Dude, your, your yellow Cavalier was so sick. Yeah. Yeah. That was only, that was like third nicest. Not even, yeah. not even close. <laughs> yeah. That, it, it's definitely interesting. I mean, Colt, obviously your, your kiddo is quite a bit younger and you still have a few years to, to, to go before that happens. But yeah, we're, we're kind of getting into it now. So obviously if you have any questions, feel free to ask. I'm a little okay. bit, uh, you know, <laughs> Sam's past that point and, and yeah, we're, don't we're talk getting to, to that point. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, once you hand a kid a phone, they can see literally anything. It's, yeah. you know, growing up before the internet, before phones, like you could see certain things on TV. TV's kind of regulated, you know, but Really, you're only exposed to what your friends know, what other kids in your school know, what your neighborhood knows, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, it's all in your pocket. Like, as soon as a kid has a phone or one of their friends have a phone, because their friend will, like, look up something and show it to them, you know. Before and my A lot son of even... stuff can be misleading. Uh, yeah. It's kind of tag on because things that you see on the Internet don't show the end consequence. It yeah. shows the, the climax of of 
shows I the exciting happiness, part. the exciting yeah. part. Right. But it doesn't show consequences of what could come after, whether you're talking about, I mean, anything. It, it really, I won't get into specifics, which I'm sure other people can can use their imagination. But it, it's it's definitely a scary thought, and and that's why I, I can guarantee you we're going to be the parents that are late, late on getting their kids the phone because that's the, yeah. for that exact reason. I, I mean, we were too, but as soon as some other kid on the bus gets the phone, like all the kids crowd around, you know, and they're like, Hey, let me Google pictures of actual dog crap, you know, or <laughs> like whatever. It's just kids do whatever dumb stuff. And it just leads to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And eventually they're going to see it all, you know? So being there to give some context to that. Cause like you said, the internet doesn't give context. It gives you the thing right away. Like here it is. And then they click on the next thing. Like being there to fill in the gap is it's kind of important. Like, you can't hide from that anymore. <laughs> like no, unless you, your kid stays in your house all day, you know, and doesn't go out. You definitely have to be involved and uh, you know, set that precedent or the expectation, I guess would be a better word for it that like, Hey, we, are going to be looking at what you're watching or doing what, what you're doing or looking at what you're doing and, and looking through the history. And, and, you know, that's going to be definitely some ground rules of on the phone is like, Hey, we will have access or I mean, you won't have one. My, my son figured out how to clear his browser history and using cognito mode. So, uh, Oh, well, you're not. Sorry, guy. Yeah. You're <laughs> at that point there. Uh, they're out to pasture, you know, like they're out in the, the wild, like they were in captivity and now they're free. <laughs> like there's no, I'm going to come behind you and check. Like, you know how to hide it now. Well done. Uh, you don't, you don't have any way around that being an IT guy. There probably is, but at the same time, at this point, I almost want to give that freedom. Okay. Like I, I can remember growing up that freedom because being a nerdy kid i like figured out how to hide all that stuff quick you know yeah like i kind of want to give that space like growing up kids had that space um like i'm open about i'll talk about it, any of it with you i'll you know i'll shoot you straight i'm not gonna lie you know i'm gonna tell you about my experience i'm gonna give you any of the background information you want which has worked out really well like my son and daughter will both come and ask us like intense questions, you know, that I don't know if I really had that, those conversations or there's a lot of kids that don't have those conversations. They don't figure it out until they're in that scenario. And they may be deer in the headlights and not know what to do and do, you know, just do something to do it. Right. So like giving that background, I think is to me, it's more the right decision again. Yeah. Not necessarily a right and wrong person, but that feels more right to me. Makes sense. Brian, what are you actively looking up? You like intensely got on your so, computer. So Sam's monologue there, it reminded me of a Dave Chappelle to go back to comedy about finding his son or needing to pick his son up at a party. What I was looking at is I wanted to make sure that there was no words that can't be said on here. <laughs> um, so I was trying to look at the, cause it's, it's freaking hilarious and it, it just kind of, I know there are bad words, but I just want to make sure there's nothing like, you know, the I, word I, yeah, I, I know, like I know what That's... clip you're talking about. We definitely need to listen to it, but I, you know, there's, 
so many comedians that make that joke too. Like Robin Williams did it on one of his and where he sat his son down and started trying to talk to him about it, drugs. And his son's like, well, what do you need? Like he already knew. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're well, going to get there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, again, it, it does. It obviously has some, I mean, if you can edit them out, great. It, but I don't, if you don't want to do that, then I, I obviously don't want to put it on. But that's the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind is when yeah. you said that I was like, oh, the Dave Chappelle uh, joke. Yeah. About, yeah. So, Do you want to listen to it or? We did the yeah. same before I'll, the I'll, internet. I can edit it. Yeah, we're good. You edit it out. All right. Here yeah. we go. We're going to share a screen here. Good. He's a cold motherfucker. Let me tell you, this kid is only 16 years old. Listen to what he did to me. This motherfucker calls me up in the middle of the night. It was one o'clock in the morning. He goes, Dad, don't be mad. I knew something was terribly wrong i said what's going on he said listen i'm fine and don't forget you told me to do this <laughs> i'm at a party and my designated driver had too much to drink me and my friends need you to come pick us up i said jesus christ it's one o'clock in the morning i am shit faced <laughs> <laughs> it's better me than some kid i might as well roll the dice and go pick her up i said all right i'm gonna get you <laughs> and then he gave me the address and I was I was shocked. I said, son, you are not gonna believe this, but I'm at the same party. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. Yeah. So l- let's wrap this whole thing up with one uh other conversation. It kind of ties into what we're talking about. So like how heavy handed we should actually be with our kids and um, you know, like say we're we're talking about the summer, you know, like should our kids be able to be inside and just watching TV all day long or playing video games all day long or anything like that? Or should we be forcing them to go outside? You know, I've, I've made this comparison a lot and I've talked to friends, probably you guys too, about how it just seems like kids want to be inside all the time playing video games and stuff. And we always say, well, we weren't doing that when we were kids. We were outside. We were playing basketball all the time. We were doing this. We were doing that. We weren't inside that much. Well, for one, there wasn't as much stuff to do inside. We, If there was, we may have been inside more, you know? So I don't know if that has to yeah. do with it too or not. Um, but I, that's just not how we were raised. And I don't think we were necessarily forced to go outside. Like my mom wasn't saying get outside and don't come back until this evening kind of thing. It was just what we did. You're bored. Yeah, just yeah. kind of bored. So, I don't know if we would have if we would have stayed inside all the time when we were when we were younger. I don't know. Uh, well, I think it. Um, I had two instances in my life that were kind of opposites. So we'll take like from my six year old to nine year old range. Uh, we I basically lived with my grandma or my grandparents because my mom at that point was single. And, and so while she was, we lived right down the hill from, so while she was gone, uh, grandma was taking care of us. And, you know, back in the nineties, essentially, I think there, it's not so prominent now, but I feel like there was a lot more like cousins that would all go to grandma's house or at least maybe that was just my family situation, Mm -hmm. but there was always cousins. All of my cousins were at my grandma's house all the time. Mm -hmm. And basically she kind of had it two ways. We had a certain time frame that we could play. So she had a PlayStation or we could watch movies. But then from 12 to 3 or 12 to 4 or whatever, we had to be outside. So she would force us outside. Well, the reason for that time frame was because of soap operas, of course. But uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even but, think about that. Yeah, from, from that time frame, we were forced to go outside. But then uh, the second part from... She the TV, little, man. 
She needed the TV. Exactly. (laughs) But I mean, that was a big deal because we were, we were outside working on bikes. We were riding bikes. We were racing. We were building clubhouses. We were building paths. So we had tons of paths around grandma's that we built ourselves. We had, you know, stuff that we'd dig and, you know, bury and stuff like that. But then, you know, we'll also get to play video games there. So I think as long as it's in moderation, um, it's not so bad. Now, of course, the second portion, uh, and I think at that age group, it worked out really well for me. Um, but the second portion to where like from like 10 to 14, 15 range, I played video games all the time, dude. Like it was, that was pretty much it. Um, especially like when I reached high school, it was go to school, play sports, video games, the rest of the night. Now I know, um, that's probably why I had season school and <laughs> not straight A's, but of course I had, it was, I was BC student. So I'll give myself a little bit of uh, a, a ground there, but I think um, forcing maybe my parents forced me outside a little bit more, probably would have been a little bit healthier for me. Um, you know, whether it's go outside and fish, I mean, as you get older, there's just not as much for you to do. You don't want to ride a bike. It's not as fun unless you can go to like a you skate park or something. Figures and stuff you don't, yeah, you're not playing with cars in the dirt. You're not chopping down trees and building clubhouses. Like that stuff's not that, fun like, anymore. Old wooden train set just doesn't do it for you anymore. You know, it's not, not quite. No. So yeah. it, it's, uh, so I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I feel like I turned out pretty good. I think, um, I think when I think back to my childhood, I, I remember those six to nine years more vividly than I do my 10 to 14 years. So like when I look back and think about like my character and I just remember a lot of, of, I think of my learning of, of different character building things came from the six to nine range. And uh, for me, it worked out really well. So as you become a teen, I don't know if it matters as much. Whereas when you set some, some, I guess, character building traits at a younger age from six to nine. I think it, it makes sense. You don't want to sit your kid down in front of a TV for 18 hours a day. That's just not healthy. So uh, setting that precedent early and we do that this with our kids. So, you know, we kind of have TV. We, I will admit this summer we haven't been great with it. And we, my wife and I were just talking about this uh, either this morning or yesterday, but like during school, for instance, they pretty much don't watch TV uh, except for on weekends. It's, it's basically we get up, they go to school, they come home, we're doing, we work on homework or we have sports, we're outside playing or we're doing something and it's bedtime. There's no right. TV during the week. Yeah. Um, so during the summer, we let it slide a little bit more, but that's, that's kind of how we, we feel. The less TV time, the better, which is crazy to think about for me because I just, especially in my teens, just did nothing but video games. Well, yeah. I, I, I kind of think there maybe there's a safety factor in there too somewhere because I don't feel like, and I feel like probably most people feel that way too, is like you can't just tell your kid anymore to just go and be gone for the day. Like back in the 80s and 90s, I feel like it was fine to just tell your kid, go get on your bike and get with your friends and I don't want to see you until dinner time. You know, I don't, you can't do that anymore. Like it just, the... I don't know. The world has changed and that made me make me sound old by saying that, but the world has changed enough to where there's no way I would just let my kid do that. You know? So I'll I'll be honest. Although, uh, my son's middle school age. Uh, I let him do that. (laughs) If a friend shows up at 10 AM and he's like, Hey, we're going to go, you know, whatever. See ya. Okay. Like, but the, the nice part is nowadays they have a phone with them. That's true. Very true. They need you that, uh, Does that friend live local? local? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's kids in the neighborhood or a few blocks over or, I mean, we live in the suburbs, so the kids will walk all the way down to Taco Bell. Like, they, they, they're they out for the day and they go do whatever. Sometimes they just go in another friend's house and play video games. Like, sometimes they're still inside playing video games just with each other. But we totally let him. If he leaves and he's gone all day, like, be home before it's dark but, is basically but, what we say. But tell me you don't have a tracker on that kid on that phone. Oh, we have, a, yeah, you can tell. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah. can promise you. So now, obviously, we're, we're, we grew up all in rough, well, at least me and Sam in the same community uh, to where it was pretty peaceful. I would, I would, that's exactly what I would do is I would be gone. And my mom yeah. might get a phone call at, I, might, I had a curfew and she may get a, co- a phone call five minutes before that curfew. Hey, mom, can I just go ahead and stay over here? And she'd be like, yeah, yeah. that's fine. You know, just be yeah. back by 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And and so there's definitely times have changed. And I could see that. So, like, if you're in the same neighborhood, uh, letting your kid go, I would probably have no problem with that. But out where yeah. we live here, the closest kid's about half a mile away. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I would be comfortable letting my kid <laughs> walk there. Yeah. Even as a middle age. schooler. Yeah. yeah. The background of it to me, like, if you back way up, like, there's there's – if you split the two types of ways you spend your time, there's productive time and there's leisure time. And uh, that's really boiling it down into the the two parts. And in years past, like people, like when people, everyone lived on their own farm, when you were an adult, you were, you had to have productive time like all day, right? Like that's what you did. You woke up, you took care of the farm, you, you just worked your ass off all day doing whatever it took. And then at night you had a little bit of leisure time and went to bed. And like nowadays, productive time does not have to be doesn't have to be near as much as, as it used to. Like you can live a pretty good life being pretty non productive. You have a lot of leisure time. But you can get ahead in time in life if you have more productive time than other people. So as your kids growing up, like us going around riding bikes isn't productive besides like you get kind of athletic or whatever, you know, like that's not productive time. So really playing a video game versus just like walking around in the woods, you're it's leisure time. It, it you're, you're kind of wasting your time no matter what. Right. I don't, I don't almost lean into, is there some kind of productive habit I should install in a kid? You know, like, if he spent 16 hours of video games and I want to kick him out and go him to go outside, cool. That's just to get outside, you know, like right. get off your ass. But should you force a kid to do something productive? My parents were always like, hey, as long as you're dedicated to sports and as long as your grades don't slip, like you don't have to go get a job or we won't make you do something else, you know, like as long as you're working hard towards a goal. And now – there's a lot of kids that like have no real goal, you know, like there's, there's nothing productive they're striving for other than goofing off all day. And it's like, is it important to make your kid do something productive to install something productive or are they just a kid? You know, like, I think, I think it's important. Um, but in the manner that you do it is also important so the what i mean by that is you don't want to force them to be productive if you don't if they don't have to be so something once again i'm not going to take credit because 
my wife is just great at this. Um, something that she does is like when they, it's just like allowances when kids do chores, even at such a young age, you know, they get to make money or if they do something, something to go and pick up our eggs from our chickens or unload the dishwasher, they get paid. And with that money, they get to go buy toys or go do whatever they want with them. And so making them realize that being productive or having some sort of productive time uh, generates something that they want in some form or fashion would will be beneficial for them. So like, I think it's important that they realize that they need to have some sort of production time, but it, you know, don't force it on them to where it's not fun or it's, they don't have an end goal. Uh, whereas, you know, like my, my wife kind of instilled here to where they, they get paid for it. And, and so they have that end goal of being able to be, um, to have a treat at the end. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't know if, if a kid's not inspired to do something like that. So kids nowadays are just naturally kind of spoiled. Like it's just the way it is, you know, like again, once a kid has a phone, there's unlimited games on a phone. There's not, you don't have enough life to play every game on a phone before, you know, you're at the end of your life. Like <laughs> there's just, unlimited game and they're all free now eventually they're going to show them some kind of ad they have to click through or like whatever but they're free so really there's unlimited entertainment like we talked about there's millions of web pages they're all just clamoring for your attention like a kid doesn't really have to do anything if they don't want why do they need the money i've already got all the games on my phone for free you know like so when a kid gets to that comfortable state and you're like, hey, do you want to do this for five, ten bucks? And they're like, no, you know, like <laughs> it doesn't. No, I don't really care about five, ten. You you pay me like two hundred bucks, maybe I'll empty the dishwasher. You know, like yeah. that's they get. My to kids that are point. younger. Yeah, right. Like a couple dollars is a big deal. But once your kids hit like middle school and they realize like money, they're like, eh, if I can't buy a switch with it, why am I doing it? You know, <laughs> like. Uh, so what, so, so what, what about the health aspect of all this? Like, I mean, because, I mean, just getting kids outdoors and doing something is going to be a lot healthier for them than sitting in front of a, you know, a computer screen all day long. Yeah, it's it part depends. of the parents. They got well, VR now. Yeah, there's games on VR you where you're uh, up and saber, moving and you got to like game. run. Yeah. Okay. We have we have a VR at the house. My son plays it, and when he's done, he's sweating, like sweating, <laughs> yeah. man. Like we were outside riding bikes, sweating, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a part of the parents' responsibility, which obviously I think a lot of, as you look around and see a, a lot of, uh, I guess, heavier set children, that a lot of parents are are forgetting about that. Like with our kids, like we keep them in sports or we, we get them outside and we're always making sure they're moving and they're just not sitting down. Um, obviously, we also watch what they eat and stuff, too. But I think it's it's obviously not a good thing to be sitting down in a chair all day long for any human, whether that's an adult, whether that is a kid. You know, you got to have some sort of activity. Otherwise, your body's not going to be burning any calories. And we all know where that leads without getting this into a health podcast. Um, so the parent does need to do their due diligence in making sure that their kid, regardless if the kid wants to or not. I mean, something's got to give like they at the bottom in the end of the day, they are your child. You want to set them up yeah. to be successful in the end 
whether that is successful in life or, I mean, everybody has a different uh, definition of success. So setting them up with uh, making sure they're at least healthy, I think is the least that a parent could do um, in, in regards to that. And that's just kind of where I sit on it. Like I said, that for us, that's keeping them in sports. You know, obviously the three of us played sports. I think we may all generally agree with that. But for even someone who's not in sports, just making sure that they're not sitting in front of a TV all day, getting up and literally just yeah. playing with trucks, riding or playing trucks, running yeah. through the house, racing and stuff like that is going to get your kids up and getting burning those calories like us. You know, I still want my six-year-old to take a freaking nap. My wife still wants them to take a nap. So let's get them outside yeah. and swim all morning long <laughs> so that they'll come yeah. in and take a three-hour nap. So maybe we can too, you know? <laughs> you just want to take a nap so you can. Exactly. <laughs> so my kids being older, um, there was a point where my, a few years ago where my son was on it all the time. Like he didn't go out. He didn't hang out with friends. He just like, it had consumed him, you know? And at that point, like you said, I set limits. I felt like I should step in, set limits, help point in the right direction. Um, we tried time limits during the day. We tried only certain hours during the day, kind of switched it up to see what would kind of push him without like strictly yelling or whatever, you know, telling him um, to kind of push him in that direction. Now, nowadays, he's friends with a lot of kids in the, the neighborhood and naturally goes out to hang out with friends during the day. So now I don't have a limit. Like you play as much as you want, as long as you're still going out. And it, and then if there's like three, four days in a row where he hasn't left the house and he's like playing games, you know, 14 hours a day or, or whatever, it once it hits that three or four day mark, I'm kind of like, hey, I'm giving you a little nudge here. Like, get off your ass. Like, get yeah. out of the house. You know, go, yeah. go text your friends, knock on their door, see what's going on, go do something. But well, it, it's only. When they get to like that extreme again, when they're on one extreme, do you? I feel like you need to step in and kind of push them in the right. Well, direction. I kind of part of being parent. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. feel like this goes back to our Zoom conversation too a little bit. Like, there's something different about the community or the socialization of being around other kids versus. I mean, I know we have you know playing video games. You can be talking to talking to your friends all the time you can snapchat and all that kind of stuff but there's still something different about being with other kids you know what i mean it's not it's just not the same when it's just over computer yeah dude so the high school age i think is like the middle school and the beginning of high school age i think is like prime for kids still what's weird is i've started to see once you get to like the end of high school and college kids start getting real self-conscious and nervous, right? Like it happened to us. It happens to everybody. And they have the escape of their phone. And I've started to notice like with cousins of mine or just like, you know, kids that I know that are getting to that age, it is really hard for them to like socialize now without meeting that person through social media first. So if they're out at a place together and it gets awkward for one second, everyone whips their phone out and they disappear into their own world, right? Because your own yeah. safety world is in your phone. Um, so if you have a moment of awkwardness with someone new, like gone. So that meeting is now over, you know? Whereas yeah. before you're just stuck with that person, you kind of get to know them, you get over the awkwardness, you get to the next step. Whereas 
now it's like if we don't get to know each other through social media first and like stalk each other and know some things about each other it's weird to talk in person because you can't get through that awkward moment well i think i think dive back into the safety i think that's anyone now i think i think we crave overstimulation now so much that like I mean, I'll admit it. If me and my wife are at a restaurant and we don't have anything to talk about to each other at the moment, I'm probably going to pull out my phone and look because I, yeah. I feel weird if I'm just sitting there just like looking around at other people. Cause what are yeah. they doing? They're just looking at their phones. So yeah. I may as well jump in and do it too. Yeah. You've your phone, you can set it up however you want. Yeah. So you've got a feed right to your hand of the things you want to look at every day or the things you want to know about or the things you want to be entertained by, that's probably more exciting than anything happening in front of you 99% of the time. Right. So like I can see why people pull it out and they're like, this is more entertaining than what's in front of me right now. Right. So, and again, I'm, the right and wrong. Is that right? Is that wrong? I can't tell you that. Like right. it's weird now, you know, it's different, but is that just how things are going to be and it's going to be normal now? Like Probably. things that we do weren't normal. Well, I, I just I don't even pull my phone out during dinner cuz I don't want to get in trouble by my wife. So I just <laughs> let her plan her phone and I just stand there and watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah they're, everybody's they're, got their own feelings or rules about it. Yeah, but. there's definitely strategy that has to go into that. Like you sometimes you have to wait until you see the wife's hand go towards her phone before you make that move, make her, make, the, make her make the first move. So, you know, you're okay. Well, then you have yeah. to watch, you have to be sneaky about it. Cause that way she doesn't realize you're on your phone. And then when she goes to set her phone down, you have to put yours down first. Exactly. That way you're ready for the conversation. Exactly. Yep. That's everybody, Gosh. right? Yeah. You guys are way more prepared than me. <laughs> I don't have any phone strategy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 you bring up a good point because, I mean, I find myself doing that all the time. I mean, I go to all these meetings where there's going to be a lot of people that I don't know, uh, you know, just given the nature of what I do. And and obviously your your, your trigger instinct is like, hey, I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't – I could – go. I'm not like super outgoing. I am outgoing, but I'm not an upfront like go meet every single person there. I'm like – I can get along with anybody. I can talk to anybody, but I'm not one that's real pushy. So like, if I don't know anybody, I'll just kind of stand there and play on my phone and you know, kind of look around and, and wait to be talked to. And uh, that's probably a, a, I guess, a characteristic or a trait that I've picked up from just being online my entire life. Like when, yeah. when your social aspect of being 15 and 16 is RuneScape, um, an MMO game, then, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're probably not off to a good start there. And it's tough for us as adults and we're more comfortable with who we are, you know, like yeah. when you're 17 or 19, like most, if not almost all, you know, teenage kids around that age are not comfortable with who they are. Right. They're like changing constantly. Like their, their whole, who they are changes all the time. Like it did for me. And you feel awkward or like people are looking at me or, you know, like I got to be cool or all that all the time. And the moment you get into one of those awkward mo times, you just bam and you're comfortable again. You know, like I'm going to pull this out and I'm going to scroll the things that I like. This is my comfort zone. And it's weird seeing the interactions. 
like most of the time when you see kids in that age out anywhere, unless they are actively doing something really exciting, they're all like sitting on their phone. And every once in a while, they'll find something, they'll show it to each other, you know, like, hey, look at my phone for a second instead of yours. <laughs> but that's it. And it's because they're more comfortable that way. It's harder to like just get through the awkward moments. With the, the, you're, we're all sitting here talking and there's a moment of silence. What do we do? Oh, my God. Bam. You know, like <laughs> the world's going to end. No one's saying anything. <laughs> which, again, that that's creepy, but also if that's how things are moving, like it almost may, if you can make your kid not be that way, they are going to be the oddball because everyone yeah. else is, you know, in the, in, I don't know. Oh. I, I don't know if you should push them away from it or not. You know what I mean? We were late to the phone game for my son. I didn't give it to him for the longest time. Like in, until he started running the neighborhood and we needed him to be able to call us. Right. Then we gave him a phone, but he would talk about all the time. He's like, no, I can't talk to anybody on the bus. Like no, no one talks. Everyone has headphones on, or like they're all just on their phone. Wow. You know, like I just sit there by myself while everyone does what they want to do. You, sh- <laughs> you know, so they're, can't they're... you just give them like a Game Boy Color and let them play Pokemon <laughs> like I used to? <laughs> that that probably would work. I mean, it's the same thing though to me. I wanted kids to not have that escape and to like, hey, talk to the kids on your bus. Like, make friends. Like, you'll figure it out. People survived for hundreds and hundreds of years like thousands of years without a phone, you'll be okay. But then, like you said, he was the only kid without a phone. And it was like, everyone else is just staring at their phone. Like, and I just sit here, you know? (laughs) So he was the odd one out. So now he's got a phone and he's one of the kids staring at the phone while they're on on the bus, you know? Yeah. It's 2023, baby. Yeah. It's just the way it's going. And again, is it right? Is it wrong? I, I can't tell you one way or the other. <laughs> I don't know. Well, dudes, we've done over two hours. It does not feel like it's been two hours. And this is... No. I had coffee, so I was good to go. Uh, <laughs> and for anyone listening, uh, this is definitely heavier than any topic that I think I've ever had with either of you guys. So they should feel proud. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get the bocce ball. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I got time. Keep it rolling, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'm going to get in trouble with the wife if I don't wind this thing down. So, but oh, I, me, me too, guaranteed. I'm surprised that they haven't came through the door yet. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys joined me. This was fun. We should uh, do this every once in a while, just for the heck of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, any time, any place. Well, I mean, obviously, in any place. This is a Zoom call, but uh, you get my point. Right. Uh, Brian. I love you guys and I love chatting. So Absolutely, dude. Uh, Brian, before we get out of here, you want to promote yourself real quick? You want to throw anything out there or no? Look, I mean, yeah. So basically, for those, any of those following me, um, you reach me out on Brian Wolfen on Twitter, Brian Thomas Wolfen on Facebook. I, I am running for political office. Of course, it's probably not any anybody from the maybe local areas that are listening to this, but if you're in the St. Genevieve County, Perry County, Missouri house district, 145, you know, feel free to reach out to me. We didn't get political because this isn't a political podcast. I mean, I guess we kind of did in some instances, but uh, not real deep into it. But for those who want to reach out and figure out who I am and what I do and um, you know, you can reach me at the socials. Like I said, Bryant Wolfen on Twitter, uh, Bryant Thomas Wolfen on, uh, on Facebook and uh I'll have a website soon, but not yet. 
and Dave Chappelle for president for 2024. Uh, yeah, that's right. That work? <laughs> I, uh, uh, go ahead. I don't want to plug myself. Nobody follow me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to pay attention to it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I try to stay off the internet as much as I can. Sam's Facebook is so up to date. It's great. Oh my God, it's terrible. Couldn't tell you what's on there. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right, see you boys. Bye.